Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am. An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Cheers. This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio, locker room, locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And great price, great people, great service. I mean, just can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page. Look them up online. R-O-D-E-R Epoxy. Yeah, tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, no, that's really important. Now, here's the show. So there I was. Episode 57. It's 57. Wow. Yeah. I'm like losing track of them now. I mean, we've been like <laughs> highlighting them like every week since 50 now, I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of my brain. It's we just spent 20 minutes trying to come up with how to start the show. <laughs> we realized we say the same thing at the end, and then every single time we try to start the show, we always say something different. Or at least before we had our new intro, yeah, we used to always just do the ad read and stuff, and now we have it like implemented in ahead of time. The hardest part yeah. is right when we hit record, and then it just everything goes blank, and it's mm-hmm. also like. There's a lot of times where we have to restart because we accidentally copy other like people <laughs> okay. we listen to, like yep. comedians or TV shows. And then so all the time when I tell stories that are way too long winded, I just say, so there I was. So that's what I'm going to go with, Phil. Are you OK with that? I'm OK with that. Are you OK in general? How's your body? I'm a little sore today, but I'm feeling pretty good. Tell the people, why Why yeah. would you be sore? I just had a powerlifting meet over the weekend. I No big deal. I didn't have the numbers I quite wanted, but I at least didn't get hurt. And Cheyenne had a really good meet, so that was cool. Time out. So. When I texted you and I said, how did it go? And you said, oh, I could have done better, but. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, state record at 220, but <laughs> still, it just wasn't really satisfied with how it went. So you set a state record and you're like, Oh, I could have been better. That's not really what I cared about. I just, I cared about a specific number that I wanted to hit. So oh, yeah, and gotcha. I, did, I fell a little short of that. So that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But like I said, I came out of it not being hurt and now I get to go right back into get ready for the rugby season, which yeah. is coming up really quick. <laughs> yeah. In today's episode two, we're going to talk, talk to the president of a club we're going to play against Fox Valley. Yeah. We have a really special rugby weekend coming up April 22nd, 23rd. Mm-hmm. Over in St. Charles, over in Chicago with Fox Valley. We're going to dive into that. Really cool stuff. But yeah, I mean, stuff's coming right around the corner. For example, we have River City Rugby is hosting their Nitwit Tournament this Saturday, March 4th. 11 a.m. sign up, noon kickoff. 
$15 per player, you get chili and a beverage, and you get to play in North Iowa's greatest winter rugby tradition. That's something they do every single year. It's like the first thing of spring. They usually play in the snow, and you just show up. It's a good time. They mix the teams up. Really, whoever shows up the day of, that's how they play. You know, Whoever shows up gets separated onto teams. Always a good time. So if you just want to get in on some action, you don't need a full team. Just show up. Again, that's this Saturday. Also, coming out of D4, Iowa Falls Rugby, they just started a new Instagram page. They're trying to revamp their social media. So if you're on Instagram, go ahead, follow Iowa Falls on Instagram. They're trying to do some cool things here. I know they're trying to get a high school team for next year. And then also, our neighbors, Des Moines Rugby, they announced their coaching staff because they had, you know, their longtime coach, Matthew Connor former scrum half, coached him forever. He retired. Mm -hmm. John Cullen moved up to uh, help with you and I rugby girls, and he's helping a little bit with the boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So who's going to be there? So Tim uh, Maupin? Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right there. I think so. So Tim is going to be back. He's going to be their head coach. Yep. And then Alejandro Munoz, he, longtime Des Moines player, he is going to be the assistant coach stepping into a coaching mm-hmm. role and then also longtime Des Moines player and coach of the Lincoln sevens team, the Des Moines Lincoln sevens team, John Kelly is going to coach as well. So Good old JK. Yep. Stepping into that role, uh, talking to him and talking to other people just sounds like some injuries um, just make it difficult to continue playing. You know, he just had a baby starting that family wants to stay involved in rugby, getting into the coaching world. Yeah, that, so that's, that's cool huge. that he's still doing that because, you know, a lot of guys, once they, you know, have some of those issues and they have to hang up the boots, usually they're just done. So it's really cool that he's giving back and he's going to continue to help out with the Des Moines Rugby Club. Yeah, and then also coaching in high school. So really yeah. good stuff there. Speaking of the high school league, the Iowa Youth Rugby Association, again, the boys' season right around the corner. Finally, we can announce – the teams that are going to be in the league. I, I've been bugging um, my sources. I don't want to. I don't want to name them because I don't want to <laughs> lose them. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah. But um, you know, I know some stuff, so let's share some stuff. And this is exciting, also too. It's not like I'm really breaking any news because this is on their website as well. Yeah, they're starting mm-hmm. to update for the 2023 season. So in Class One A, our Eastern Side teams, we have Central Springs, Waterloo, Columbus, Crestwood, and Denver. All four of those teams are returning from last year. Then in the West or Central, we have Bondurant and Norwalk, who are both returning Mm -hmm. from last year. Indianola, they are coming back after being away for a few years. They are back. We talked to Greg Rodriguez. Super excited to see Indianola back in the mix. And brand new club, Class 1A. North Polk. I know. The Comets. The Comets. Your old high school. Who's that's that? where I went to high school. That's so cute. You were playing, weren't you all state football center, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was all state center, whatever. Yeah, it's no big deal. Do you know my first joke award at you and I? You know what it was? It was something about that. Yeah. So I remember. Well, I don't remember, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah, because you, you were still in <laughs> I was, high school. I was still a young boy. So when they did the joke awards, um, mine was quote, this guy was all state. <laughs> because when Grant Stefan pulled me out for rugby, he yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was an all-state uh, center. 
you know, played football, wrestled, soccer, all state football player. And I come out, you know, and at the time I was like 190 pounds, not what you would <laughs> picture for an offensive lineman. And uh, yeah, it was funny. We all had a good laugh, but I'm super excited. I wanted to see a team at North Polk forever living on the west side of Des Moines. It's a kind of a bit of a drive. So a drive, yeah. I was never able to do it. So Justin McKay, his son goes there. So he is making that happen. Yeah. And it sounds like last time I talked to Justin, it sounds like they got a decent amount of kids that are out mm-hmm. too. So they Again, should have a full squad. Having someone in the building, whether it's a teacher or a kid who really loves it, because mm-hmm. his son would come to like Wombat's practices oh, yeah. or when we play touch and stuff like the that. Games and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He'd be there. He'd be running around. So the fact that like, He's talking to his buddies, getting them involved. And Justin told me, too, the first group that they got, their freshmen, sophomores, I mean, they haven't even begun to get juniors or seniors yet. Yeah. So that's the next phase of this. So really excited. We have eight teams in Class 1A. Last year, there was only six. The six from last year all are returning. So, again, Indianola is back. North Polk is brand new. Now let's talk about 2A. Really exciting news here. We have Cedar Rapids, Washington, Waverly, Shell Rock, Cedar Falls, Iowa City with that logo change, and brand new Clinton. That's awesome. Yeah. I, they've been talking about having a team out there for a while, so that's awesome they finally got it up and running. And if you go to Clinton High School's Facebook page, like the high school. Yeah, the high school page. They have a QR code to sign up for it. Really? The high school that's is awesome. promoting this. That's awesome. And there's a rumor floating around they've got numbers. Really? Like they've been recruiting like crazy. They're pitching this like crazy. I, I think they've got people in the school on board and kids are getting excited about it. From what mm-hmm. I've heard, from what I've heard, people are excited over at Clinton. Um, yeah. So that's like the very wet or the very East side of the state, yeah. those five teams. Then we have kind of two kind of sections in central Iowa. So we have West Des Moines Valley, Urbandale, Des Moines East and Des Moines Roosevelt. All those schools are returners. Then Southeast Polk, Des Moines Lincoln, Fort Dodge, and Ankeny. Again, Ankeny is going to just be one team this Mm. year. So all 12 of those schools that are returning are returning. Uh, Nope. So that's the thing, too. Not a single club from last year dissolved. 1A or 2A. And we have Indianola's back. North Polk and Clinton are new. And then also, so I know there was a deadline on Friday, hmm. but there still might be one more team joining the fold. Interesting. And we might be talking to their coach next week. Ooh. This guy has a meeting with administration on Monday to kind of square some things away. Um, but it sounds like kids are interested and they're just trying to get that support from the school, find some practice space, all that. We'll, we'll talk to them about it later, but yeah. I would place a large bet or maybe that I shouldn't say it that way. I'm very confident that we will see the school Ames high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do I, are you going to tell me who's in charge of it? Or are you going to tell me after the show? I'll tell you off the air. Okay. You know, that's fine. But I did hear, (laughs) um, one of the kids that they have that is interested from my sources. Mm. Do you hear about this kid named muscles during the state tournament? Mm -mm. No. So he's a freshman wrestler. At like 195. Oh, okay. And I know what you're talking about now. He yeah. was the kid that had to go against Waverly Shell yeah, Rocks. Yeah. McCray Haggerty, who, amazing kid, awesome wrestler, decorated career. Well, his shoulder basically was hanging off of his body. Mm. And he wrestled at the, and this is 
McRae, the Waverly kid. Mm. Um, basically, his arm was just kind of dangling there since the dual state. And then he wrestled in this individual state tournament um, with one arm. Well, the pain got so bad, they were in overtime. And this freshman ended up winning by a medical forfeit wow. um, just because he didn't have yeah. an arm. But anyways, that I didn't know if you heard that yeah, story. Cause, I, haven't, I didn't hear about um, that match exactly, mm-hmm. but I know about the kid you're talking about. Because yeah. then in the finals, he wrestled that kid Ross from Fort Dodge, freshman versus freshman yeah. in the state finals. That's crazy. At 3A. So, but rumor is this freshman from Ames is interested in playing rugby. Wow. So that would be huge. So I'm hoping we hear from Ames. I'm hoping uh, everything goes well for those guys. Because again, I, I shared that little map that I made and I just feel like I got a lot of feedback from people of seeing like, Oh, well you can see in this bubble, if we just go a little bit more North, Mm. there's some more teams. If we go a a little bit more East of Fort Dodge, there's some teams. Oh, if we just go right down the Mississippi river, we have all those teams. teams. Yeah. I mean, I really think there is a time where if you look at how our, our state is organized and where, men's clubs are where colleges are i mean we could realistically five years from now even two years from now the majority of rugby in iowa could be all eastern iowa i mean right now too like the center of iowa like there's nothing west of fort dodge yeah and then there's no men's clubs west of des moines and so everything right now is east northeast Northeast, well if all those men's clubs keep popping up high they're gonna pop up high school clubs faster than central iowa can i mean we know with the wombats like we only have so many guys who can coach yeah if you have multiple clubs and each one of these clubs has one two three you know you're gonna grow so much faster so i i really do think it's gonna be one of those things where like des moines teams four dodge teams they're gonna be out on an island because everything's gonna be you know, Cedar Valley and Mississippi River. Mm. So I don't know. It's exciting. It's super cool. Uh, I talked to a source inside the the league as well. They hope that schedules will be finalized by Friday. But again, if there's a late entry of a team, um, you know, I wouldn't imagine they would turn a team away, even though it's past that deadline. I mean, we want to grow the game if it's sustainable. Um, But hopefully schedules will be out Friday. We can talk about it next week. We can dive into those. Obviously, mm. as a coach, like I can't wait to see what it looks like. But overall, I mean, it all—it's all the same. Gotta win them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that's all I got for high school stuff. Are you ready to announce where your assistant coaching? Or are you still going through your offers? Still going through the offers. Got to siphon through them. They're pretty uh, enticing, most of them. You have any like recruiting <laughs> visits, or like are they going to wine and dine you, or is it just more of? Uh, can you talk us through that process or? Yeah. No, I kind of got to keep it a little confidential. You're pretty private. I'm a very private person, as you can tell. Yeah, that's why you're <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, I just can't say enough about this high school league. I think it's going to be the best season we've seen in oh, over yeah. a decade. Well, considering they get better every season, I yeah. feel like they do at least. Oh, so. 100%. 100%. So uh, I think, and it's crazy too, you go on Facebook Instagram, wherever, uh, you see teams are out practicing. I mean, Oh yeah. Way early, way early. And like teams are just, they're, they're getting after it. And I feel like numbers already, like you're seeing good things. Mm-hmm. I saw you and I 
went to oh, Central, Central Springs. Springs. I, I forgot to bring that up, but like obviously you had to have seen it too because it was on our page and everything with you and I. So I see everything. I know you do. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really that's really awesome. They went up and did that. I yeah, it's cool. I mean, they come down to a valley and do a clinic, whatever. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what it reminded me of do you remember when we were at you and i and there was yeah a we did that one of the what gym was it again northern university yeah northern high it yeah. was and i yeah and i high yeah in you or in you in you i think NU? Okay. it was the it was the high school in or there was it yeah it was the school in cedar falls connected to the university but kids would go to elementary and high school there yeah but it was used basically as a practice ground for the college students to practice mm-hmm. teaching. I had a few field experiences there and it was weird. And yeah, we got the gym and we ran a rugby clinic. Yeah, there I remember a couple doing times. That. There's still pictures from that. Yeah, I know. We looked young. I, yeah, it's you were so disturbing. little. I know. I had a lot of hair like on my head, not on my face. <laughs> you looked sickly. <laughs> Just because you're so, you're beefcake now. Yeah. It's also pretty pale in that too. I see some of those pictures pop up in the memories. I'm like, it's the middle of winter. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. But yeah, keep your eye on that. Really exciting stuff coming up. And again, like I said, exciting stuff. The Wombats, we're heading to Chicago. Also, this is this next segment isn't just for Wombat people. Anybody can come to the Major League Rugby match in Chicago. Chicago Hounds are going to host nola gold yeah and that's on april 23rd we've got an exclusive deal the cheapest tickets that you can get with a group of cool fun i'm I'm gonna cut that cool part out a group of rugby people that you know have fun tailgate we are cool we're cool people yeah but i don't want to say that it's let's just (laughs) let's talk to daniel let's talk to daniel With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, and we are here with Dan Brinks of Fox Valley Maori's Rugby. Dan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, Dan, you're the president of Fox Valley, and we've got a special spring match coming up between the Wombats and Fox Valley in April 22nd. So can you tell us a little bit about this match? Because it's not your normal spring rugby match. Uh, what do you got planned for us? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we came, we, we, a lot of us went to, went on tour to Ireland uh, last March and we were able to play a game under the lights and just a great experience to be able to play under the lights. I know like a lot of us have played high school football and things like that. It, it was just, it was just kind of special and, you know, it, as soon as as soon as we did it, I was like, "Man, we need to do that for real!" Like during our season. So, um, coming up this April, we were able to um, line up um, some field time at a local stadium, uh, Moose Heart, which, if you're familiar with the Moose Lodge, is their like world headquarters. Oh, yeah. um, they have a really nice uh, stadium. 
uh, full soccer lines and things like that. Um, and so we, their athletic, their former athletic director was a Maori and was able to, you know, help get us in the, get us in the door. And so we are, we were able to line up a Saturday night lights game. Um, and it just happened to be the gates worked out when you guys were looking to come to town. So we are going to battle it out in a night game on April 22nd, which we're super excited about. Nice. Yeah. And that's something too, where Phil and I were talking, you know, I've played for over 13 years now. Phil's played for 11 years now and rarely I've never only done it once and I've never played in an outdoor night game before. So this is something that a lot of our guys on our club have never experienced. And also too, this will probably be the biggest venue for most of our guys as well. Like an actual stadium. (laughs) It's not just like, Oh, here's a middle school soccer field. Like it's a legit like stadium. So this is a really cool experience. And not only that, you know, spring is all about friendlies and, and this is a friendly, but we do have something on the line here. Do you want to talk about what you guys came up with? Sure. So I believe, so we are playing for a new rivalry, rivalry uh, trophy between the two uh, cups. We are uh, calling it the Tasman cup. Uh, it is actually a spittoon that uh, made in England that I was able to uh, procure and we're going to get it you know engraved with our team logos and everything like that oh, so cool. we're calling it the tasman cup because you know our, our mascot is the maori your mascot's the wombat um so maoris are from new zealand wombats from australia and it's separated by the tasman sea so we are calling the spittoon the tasman cup um and so hopefully this is a new rivalry trophy that our two clubs um, you know, although we've never played, we're, we're starting a rivalry trophy, and hopefully this, this is something that we can play for every single year. God, I absolutely love that name. I just – somebody's just really good at geography, I guess. They're just, like, really thought outside the box to come up with that because that's badass. Yeah, I mean, we were texting yeah. back and forth for a name for something because we wanted to make this a little special, so we wanted to, you know – pump it up a little bit and what better way than with a trophy. But I just went to Google, went to the Wikipedia page for cool. St. Charles and I saw Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> lives in St. Charles. And I was going to say, name it the Wahlberg cup. I'm glad we didn't. This is way, way better. No, I'm excited for, for our new rivalry. And like you said, it's, it's funny too, because our clubs have never played, but we've had some guys who played for Bremer who've played against Fox Valley. And so when we saw, it was one of those things when the Wombats came around and we, created this club we really wanted to grow rugby in our community we wanted to create opportunities that got people involved socially as well as on the field and we always said from day one because we knew a club would pop up in Chicago for major league rugby someday we always said when a club in Chicago pops up we are taking our team there to see a professional match and so when we saw the hounds were coming we knew like hey this spring we're going to a match we want to get a match there ourselves I mean, was that something you guys were planning as well? Was to do some sort of tailgate thing, or to go to some some hounds matches, or how, what did that look like for you guys on your end? Because for us, it was always we got to get our club there because we want our guys to experience a pro rugby event in the Midwest. Yeah, you know, I think like we all, a lot of the guys in the club, we, you know, it was expected that we were going to go to some matches together and maybe throw a tailgater, but. We hadn't planned, we hadn't had any like discussion. So I think you threw out on Facebook that you were looking for a club to play. And 
we were the first ones to respond. And then, you know, we were able to talk and things escalated pretty quickly, but like, and all of a sudden we're, you know, getting charter buses and we're getting a rivalry cup that we're going to name after you that we're going to play for every year. Um, and so things just kind of spiraled pretty quickly. And then we're like, we're like, wow, this is going to be a heck of an event. And then when the stars aligned and we were able to make this a Saturday night game, you know, I'm like, wow, this is like, these are two awesome days, an awesome weekend. Super excited about it. Oh yeah. And that's the thing too. I think it took you guys three minutes before you replied. Cause I'm thinking like, <laughs> eh, you know how it is with communicating with rugby teams. Like you never know. And you guys were like, boom, let's do it. Like it yeah. happened so fast. And I think by that afternoon we were like, yep. Like this match is confirmed. So super excited for it. And also, you know, it's a night game. We're going to spend the night. And then in the morning we've got the MLR match. Can you talk us through um, the plan for that as well? Because you guys went out, you talked to the hounds, you got us an amazing deal on tickets. You guys are lining up the charter bus. You guys are doing all the legwork here and we're just, we just get to benefit. So <laughs> yeah. you tell us what you guys have been doing for us. We, we appreciate it, but uh, we want more yeah. than just our clubs. So yeah, let people know what's happening. Sure. Yeah. So I, I kind of like, you know, uh, just called a random representative of, of the hounds and told them like kind of what our, what our plan was, uh, for the day and you know they thought it sounded like a great idea too and they're looking to try to you know grow the sport as well so they gave us a heck of a deal on tickets um and we're passing the deal along to everybody else who's looking to attend this event so uh we've got tickets available on our website we've got a uh for 25 dollars um you get a ticket and a tailgate package and then for 50 dollars um you get your ticket, your tailgate, and um, uh, charter bus package. So on Sunday morning uh, at 10 a.m. sharp, not rugby time, 10 a.m. sharp, <laughs> we've got charter bus. We, we have, char- we have a charter bus leaving from uh, James O'Brien, which is our uh, normal uh, game field. There's a, like a, there's a park and ride area where we'll all be able to meet. Charter buses will pick us up there. Um, take us to the game and then we're planning on having a pretty good spread we're working on getting some hamburgers donated um, whatever else we can get uh, you know donated and we're looking at just having a good spread so people should bring their own coolers uh, packed with whatever refreshments they want and then we're just kind of going to try to have as much you know activities and, and you know try to make this just an awesome tailgate um it's gonna be a great time that's like good price on the tickets i mean food and everything it's gonna kind of be like a kind of like a how was the whole soldier field chicago deal yeah the rugby it's weekend like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be like another rugby weekend i feel like yeah and that was something like i know the iowa guys from all the clubs in the iowa rugby union colleges we loved coming to soldier field watching team USA play, even though they got stomped every time, but like (laughs) just that atmosphere and just being with other rugby people, whether it was from, you know, the Iowa union, the Carfu union, anywhere from the United States, anywhere from out of the country. I mean, you get a a bunch of rugby people together. It's always a good time. And I just think this is something that like we want to emulate here. We've been reaching out to clubs in Iowa, reaching out to colleges and trying to get people to come with us as well. Because again, we just want that experience of, 
being in the tailgate, being on the bus, being in the stands, and just celebrating rugby together. And I love how like naturally and organically this happened, you know, without the hounds, like we're grassroots rugby and we're like, we want to support this because we know it's going to not only help the pro team in a sense of they need eyeballs, but also we want to grow our clubs. We want to grow that exposure and be like, this is a fun place to be on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. Sunday yeah. afternoon. Like it's, it's going to be huge. And so, yeah, 9 a.m. sharp for the charter bus, right? 9 a.m. <laughs> no <laughs> one misses everybody 9 a.m. Yeah, I'm glad that other clubs have that problem too because sometimes I always felt like it was just every, maybe the Iowa Every people. rugby club has this problem. <laughs> okay, that's good at least. Yeah, and and so hopefully too we see a bunch of clubs from Iowa, a bunch of clubs from Chicago taking advantage of this because you said too like if the charter bus fills up, maybe looking into a second charter bus or how how yeah, are the ticket yeah, sales looking perfect. so far? Provisionally, I've got a second charter bus available. Um, ticket sales have been slow, but um, I mean, we're so early. We haven't even started our spring practice or anything yet. And so um, we need stuff like this to kind of promote and build excitement about this. But inside the club, yeah, people are definitely talking about this. Definitely have it circled on their calendar. It's just a different matter of getting people to, you know, open up their wallets and pony down, pony up for the actual tickets. Yep. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's an amazing deal. The cheapest t- tickets that you will get your hands on all season long for the Hounds. And then you throw a tailgate in there. You got the, you know, just that experience. It's mm-hmm. going to be the best value with the best group of people. Uh, yeah, we are definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, that's what spring rugby, I feel like for us is all about. We want to create these events that it's social. You got the competitiveness on Saturday night of playing a match. You got the socialness of the tailgate just something different that brings people together and even people who don't even play, but it's like, they can be a part of this as well. It's going to be huge. So we appreciate you guys for putting this together. And it was kind of something like we thought, or we were thinking about, we were dreaming of, and you guys ran with it. So just love what you guys have done with it. And we just, we can't wait for that weekend to get here. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a great time. And, you know, I was at the, the Carfu AGM last weekend and they were talking about what spring events people had. And I, I kind of brought this up and uh, I kind of unofficially opened it up to the other some of the other clubs, to, nice. clubs in Carfu to, to join on. And I'm like, hey, if I can get you guys the same price on the tickets, like let's all sit in the same section. We all wear our different club gears and like let's just get as many people out there as we can. Yeah. That's a great idea. And, you know, I really hope, I don't know if any other club has attempted to do this yet, at least not that I've heard. And I really hope, you know, it takes notice and other clubs from different regions attempt to do the same thing. Yeah. Only one, I think I saw Oshkosh, Oshkosh they drove down, but they kind of just did it on their own. The fact that we got two unions coming together, I I think it can make for a really fun atmosphere. And I hope, I hope it has positive outcomes. And I I mean, I don't hope, I think it will. Yeah. Oh, you know, for sure. And so, Dan, I also wanted to get into, too, you know, you've been you've been doing a lot of the legwork for this. You are the president of Fox Valley. So I kind of wanted to pivot to that next here is just, you know, you're in this role. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into that role of president of Fox Valley? Sure. Um, So I just kind of I started playing with Fox Valley in 2018. Um, Right now I'm in, you know, my first year as president um but have kind of just been involved in you know the leadership teams kind of since i since i joined the team um but yeah 
touched a rugby ball for the first time in 2018. By 2020, I was captain. Took a year off the board because I burned out a little bit after COVID and then came back as president this year. Um, and just, you know, love the sport, love trying to grow the sport and, you know, try to do anything I can to, you know, promote our club and the sport in general. It's so crazy going from not, you know, touching a rugby ball ever into, until 2018, just getting started in the sport. And then now you're the president of your club. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't. I I'm a, I full full send full commit once I uh, decided <laughs> that this is something I wanted to do. Yeah, we we get a couple of guys that are kind of like that too, where it's like you know they're completely brand new, you know, and they're like you know some of them were like college athletes or whatever, or like you know haven't really done like any sports after you know for the past few years, and then once they get involved, they just again go full send. They're all in, commit, do all this stuff with the club, you know, a lot of different like leg work shit. So. Yeah, it's cool to see that a lot of other clubs have people like that. Yeah, like what brought you out for the first time? Like, I mean, do you have an athletic background? What was it that really got you to that first practice and sparked that love for the sport for you? I mean, I, I think the last time I played competitive sports was really in high school. So, you know, the captain of the track team and the captain of the football team in high school, but I mean, that was so long ago. I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old now. Um, but, you know, always been looking for our you know, some sort of competitive aspect, but, you know, co-ed softball doesn't really cut it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was doing, I was lifting weights with a British uh, uh, guy who happened to be a Fox Valley old boy. And he was the one saying like, man, I think you'd really like rugby. I think you'd really like rugby. And uh, eventually I, you know, I just came home, home one day and I was like, told my wife at the time, I was like, I'm going to be home late from work tomorrow. I've got uh, rugby practice and got an eye roll. Like, do you even know how to play rugby? And I definitely did not. Um, but, uh, you know, figured it out and the guys were great. And it's the rugby community is great and they like to bring people in and, you know, teach people the game is, you know, it's kind of comes with the, the passion if you if a team wants to be successful you have to be willing to teach people the game and you know they embraced team embraced me taught me the game and you know i kind of went full send and you know just doing everything i can now to do the same for everybody else who maybe doesn't know the game to you know mm-hmm. teach it to them as well i i think i heard you correctly you said you're 40 right yeah i just turned 40 so and you played in, so you started playing in 2018 so you were 35 when you started playing yep. rugby, that's yep. wild. That's yep. just like a perfect example that like you can start whenever and, you know, be successful with it. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you have a question to follow up, Phil? I don't. I'm just, I was just highlighting that. That's great, dude. No. Like, and it's, so it's cool to see. Yeah. And so, yeah, you started in 2018 and, and Phil and I, we played for Bremer County for a number of years. So Around that time, we were having playoff matches. It felt like every single year, Fox Valley, Bremer County, D3 playoffs. You guys were the D3 Carfu Carfu champs, D3 Midwest runner-up in 2019. So we definitely played that match against each other. Mm -hmm. That 7-5 to match for Fox Valley in 2019 in the mud in Oconomowoc. Last match before COVID for us. I mean, that that was (laughs) one of those matches you, you don't forget. Um, what was that like too? I mean, you joined this club that's had this massive success. Um, you know, it's at a playoff level. Um, what was that like? I mean, jumping in at that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like 
I didn't really, you jump into the sport and, and you don't really understand like how much it means to everybody and you get through the competitive season and you're just kind of like, uh, still getting your feet under, under you. But I remember when we lost uh, to Bremer in 2018 in the playoffs, uh, in Milwaukee and I'm like, all right, like this is, this is not just a recreational <laughs> beer league sport. Like yeah. this mm-hmm. is, this is a, the real deal type of thing and you know that's kind of like i'm like all right i'm fully committed to this after this season like this going through all of those highs and you know the heartbreak at the end of the end of 2018 i'm like all right like i need more of this in my life so mm-hmm. let's go full send and then uh so after the heartbreak of losing a bremer in 2018 came back in 2019 um we were undefeated in the regular season, ran into Bremer County again in the playoffs, up in Economawak, 7-5, just the toughest game I've played in uh, maybe ever. I mean, it just just a highlight of, just a highlight. That was just such a battle, 7-5. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were just go, doing your pick and goes for two meters at a time, 20 meters from the try line for the entire second half, foot of mud. I mean, just such a fun, such a fun battle that we, I'm so glad that we were able to come out on top of one of those Bremer Fox Valley, you know, battles. And, you know, then we see you guys again last year, 2021 in the playoffs, we run into you too. So uh, I think Fox Valley and Bremer County is just kind of a tradition of things that happen every fall. Yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah, it was one of those things when you look at like the playoffs, that's like, nope, who's coming out of Carfu, Fox Valley. I mean, it was one of those (laughs) things we always knew. And we always knew it was going to be a great matchup. You know, during the league season, uh, teams are trying to get as many points as possible. Or back in the day, they changed that rule now. But used to be whoever had the most points scored, they would host at home or the biggest point differential. And so it was one of those things, too, when you run into a club like Bremer against Fox Valley, where you're, you're putting up these big score lines and then you face a team at the same caliber. I mean, it makes for those very memorable, very dogfight games. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, in the mud there too, in Walk, where, I mean, the entire field was just mud. You could barely mm-hmm. move. It's snowing and raining at the same time, just ugly conditions. And it just forced you to, to battle in the breakdown just over and over, just crashing into each other. I mean, it, you really appreciate those close matchups after kind of how those, those regular seasons went. Um, definitely some great memories in those matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, that was just, uh, as soon as the season kicks off, ever we always knew that we had to, you know, go through the regular season and probably be undefeated to make it the playoffs. But, you know, the Bremer County was, game was the one that we definitely had circled from the very first, you know, practice of the season that's the game that we were knew that was going to happen and then you know you guys had that success at d3 and then you guys move up to d2 was that something that the club petitioned for was that something midwest was like oh you guys have had a good run we're reorganizing things you guys are bumping up what what did that look like yeah so midwest went last last year midwest went through a pretty large realignment where they moved up a substantial number of teams and you know the logic was like hey we there are like at the time there were like 
10 or 12 D2 teams and 60 D3 teams. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the it was just lopsided in how the divisions were set up. Um, D3 just had so many more teams than the other divisions that they were like, let's, let's move up the top of the D3 clubs up to D2 mm-hmm. at the time. And they, you know, the, the plan, um, and it worked out at least for, the Carfu region is that if we, if we move up a decent number of the D2 teams, we can also make travel easier for the teams that already were in D2 because like the year before teams from Chicago were having to travel to Pittsburgh to play a D2 match Ooh, regular God. season. And just the travel was just absolutely brutal. And so I think initially we were like, uh, we're, that sounds awful. Um, But they were able to realign the divisions um, where travel, at least for the, the, at least for us, wasn't that bad. You know, we had got a a trip to Green Bay, which is an ideal, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. Two trips to Milwaukee, which is like two hours. Mm. Those are part of the games of travel. So it's it's more manageable than it was since they realigned them. Um, And so... But moving up the league was definitely took a took a couple lumps on the chin, um, and you know didn't we did we weren't as successful last year as uh, we had hoped. But uh, we're gonna stick it out for another year, and uh, you know I think the clubs really come together, and I think that we're gonna be the real slight. There's gonna be some slight realignments to the divisions again this year, um, but I feel like we're moving forward in the right direction again. Mm. Nice. And to prepare for that fall season, what else do you guys have going on this spring to get you ready for that fall? I mean, I know April 22nd, we're going to keep promoting that. We got the Wombats mm-hmm. and then we got the MLR match. But what else do you guys have planned? You got a busy spring? Uh, yeah, we've got a, our, our schedule is pretty packed. Um, have, I think we have like seven home matches this year. Seven out of our eight matches ended up being at home. Awesome. Um, and then we've got a couple great fundraisers, um, on May 6th happens to be the Kentucky Derby and we're throwing, um, uh, a fundraiser that we do every year It's called, uh, just our, our pub crawl. Um, we start off at our local bar where all of our socials are and then visit all of the establishments in downtown St. Charles. Um, but it happens this year that it falls on the same date as the Kentucky Derby. So we are encouraging everybody to, you know, put on their fedoras, you know, have their wives put on their silly derby hats and whatever, you know, derby attire that they think is appropriate. We're going to go hit up all the local nightlife establishments as a club. So we've got tickets for that available on our website, uh, backsvalleyrugby.org, under the shop tab. Um, and that's $25. And um, included, you get a a raffle ticket included with your purchase and we get a lot of great vendors that donate like Yeti coolers, we've had Milwaukee tool sets, we've had TVs and grills, like lots of, we've had just lots of good raffle prizes in the past um, and they've been kind of grows every year and so we're expecting this to be, you know, probably the biggest and best one yet, so really looking forward to the Kentucky Derby pub crawl coming up this spring. Nice. Yeah. Say so that sounds like a lot of fun. Might have to sneak up there for that one. <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah, again, I, I always believe in spring rugby should be fun and accessible oh, yeah. for new guys and bring old guys back out. Cause it's, it's one of those things where especially like seven out of eight are home matches. Like 
you guys should have great numbers this spring because that I, I always know like in spring sometimes guys will be like hey, I'll come back in the fall when it matters more but like if it's in your backyard I mean it's so easy to show up so that's that's amazing I think it sounds like you guys got a busy schedule a lot of social things competitive things a lot of things to gear you up and get you ready for that next D2 season and yeah no and and like we said at the start go to foxvalleyrugby.org to get those tickets for the major league rugby match the charter bush the tailgating you know it's going to be an amazing weekend that's april 23rd is the match for chicago hounds hosting nola gold at seat geek stadium so get those tickets today it's going to be an amazing uh time and uh yeah dan thank you for joining us tonight and thank you for setting up all the thank you for everything you yeah, do yeah <laughs> making it easy for us it's we, we just can't say enough about how excited we are to come over and have a good weekend with you guys well i hope that this can be an annual thing where you guys uh can come over and enjoy a hound game every year with us and we can uh i don't know if we can go to the extreme that we've done this year with our with what, we're, what we've been able to do but um you know let's keep this let's keep this rivalry trophy going coming back and forth yeah, for sure. No, we love it. We're we are extremely excited to to have this and make this an annual thing. And, and you never know; it might be bigger and better every single year too. Oh, it will be a hundred percent. It will great. be. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you again so much, and uh, you have a good night, brother. Yeah, you too. Dan, the man. Yeah, that was that was good. That was really cool to hear from him, and I'm got me all jazzed up for. Chicago Hounds and the uh, Nola Gold. Yeah, Nola Gold. Well, I was thinking of the Tasman. Oh, the Tasman Cup. The Tasman Cup. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was fun. That was a real. That's a. That was a really good idea. I'm Thank just you. really impressed by that. <laughs> no, it was really funny because, uh, yeah, I, like I said from the start, I wanted the Wombats to be something where we grow the sport, we grow it in our community, we grow it. However, and I was like, you know, Chicago is definitely having a major league rugby team. Once they have a team, I want to take a group mm-hmm. there. Because those those rugby weekends with USA, they were amazing. Oh, they're some of my f- most fondest memories for like social outings, yeah. at least. And obviously, this isn't gonna, this isn't the national team. Yeah, but I mean, still, we could bring everyone from the Midwest Union. This is Midwest team, mm. the Chicago Hounds. There's no one else. The next closest team is Nola. Yeah, which is crazy to yeah, think. Yeah, it's weird to think about. It's really far away. So why not? And like I think of it too. Like obviously, being in Iowa. You're probably not going to go to Chicago more than once, like, no. and that's why too. My idea is, if you're going to pick one weekend to go, April twenty third. Mm. If we all go together, it'll be awesome. I like how you, Brent, you know, brought that up. If you're from Iowa. You're probably not going to usually be going to Chicago. The only time I've ever been to Chicago ever has been for rugby. Right. That's the only time I've ever gone there. <laughs> uh, I've been there for a Cubs game. I've been there for a few Chicago Bears games. Yeah. Um, I've gone a couple times. Okay. But, okay. I mean, yeah. But anyways, rugby. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Speaking of awesome, Aquinas Girls Rugby is kind of out of their phase of like, hey, we're just playing friendlies, we're trying to build our roster. This spring they're making a run towards nationals. And the reason why we like Aquinas rugby, you know, they're up there in Michigan, they're a varsity program. A couple of girls from or actually a few girls from Iowa are on that team. So this weekend they went up to a tournament that was hosted by Grand Valley State. Well, 
Aquinas defeated Bowling Green 55 to 0. And then they defeated the host Grand Valley State 60 to 0. This is in sevens. This is in sevens. Liberty wow. Cawthorn <laughs> and Genesis Dotson, both from Roosevelt High School in Des Moines, mm-hmm. coached by Jeremy Newman. And Mr. Ryan Gray, but whatever. <laughs> and Emily Dearden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They both scored four tries. Or no, Liberty scored four tries and uh, Genesis had three in the first game. And then the second game, Liberty had five tries. Oh my God. Yeah. And then uh, Genesis had one. And Maddie Wasco from Ankeny had one as well. So it's insane. Uh, Coach Laura Miller said, I'm very happy with the team's development so far this spring. As a unit, the players are beginning to play creatively and are developing the ability to make decisions as a team in open play. Good for them. And those are some ridiculous scores for sevens. Yeah. That's why I had to highlight that because, you know, you don't typically see 50, 60 point margins. In no. sevens. And that's the thing, too. Like <laughs> three of the three of the seven girls that are playing out there, they're from the Iowa, Iowa Rugby yeah. Association. Two are from Roosevelt, one from Ankeny. Really cool to see. We're going to keep an eye on them. I think they're going to make a, a, a nice dent in the national scene at sevens. I mean, they're all underclassmen, mm. too. That's what's really cool is, like, this team is young. Mm-hmm. They're building it. Varsity program. Keep an eye on them. The next thing, Super Rugby Americas. The American Raptors. They played against Pinarol. They lost 28-19. Getting better. A, a much better outing. Yeah. It was a very close, hotly contested match. Uh, good to see. Good to see they had a a solid lineup. They had some good stuff. There was a nice little kick and catch Ooh. combination that they did. Like, just a little pooch kick and then he caught it. it. There was some cool stuff going on. Uh, their match this upcoming Friday, they are playing against Pompas. So, that will be the next one. Hmm. Um, does, yeah. it, does it show on the website if they're going to be hosting or if they're away again? Or I'm pretty sure they're way away again. Okay. Um, just the way that they have these, um, the order that they have them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pampas, local. American yes. Raptors. Visitante. Visitante. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to see, too, where Pampas is located and this is in Spanish. Pompas Rugby, they're from Argentina. So Argentina, obviously an amazing rugby country. Yeah. This is their second team that is in Super Rugby's America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so huge, 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 huge. So awesome. Probably be a good match. The American Raptors are, are continuing to get better. I think this is going to be a tough match for them. I, I mean, every match is going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, but to see that continued growth is going to be huge. Mm. Now, moving into Major League Rugby. Week let's, two. Week two. Let's see how we did. So, in the first matchup, we had the Seattle Seawolves defeating Rugby Atlanta 28-22. to Phil? That's Seattle. Yeah. You were right. I was wrong. In the next matchup, we had the Utah Warriors 33 over the Dallas Jackals 25. That's actually a lot closer than I was expecting. That's way closer than yeah. I expected. So Utah, you know, they they got out to a de- like a, a good lead. Yeah. And Dallas came back late. But that's that's what happened last week, too, with Houston. Mm-hmm. They started punching in tries near the end there. So they just kind of need to find their step right at the beginning of the game, it yeah. sounds like. There was a try at the 28th minute mark that I saw Utah do that was just 
the the offloads and just mm. the way they were running, I was like, Utah's gonna win by 60. Yeah. Like from this one phase. But Dallas is very technically sound. Like uh, th- this was a game that I watched a good chunk of it while I was also playing Hot Wheels and Dinosaurs with my son, uh, who is two. So I was a little mm. distracted. And then we had to turn it off in the last like 10 minutes because we had to watch Dinosaurs on YouTube. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Utah, like in the first, the first like 15, 20 minutes, that 28 minute mark, I was like, they're going to blow this thing wide open. Dallas didn't back down and they had, they, they are showing signs of improvement. That's good. And there was a lot of good technical stuff. I mean, Utah had, like, it, what I kept seeing happen was Utah would get a line break, gain like 60 meters, mm. turn it over. Dallas would kick it 60 meters. Utah would run up 30 meters. Dallas would kick it back 40 meters. It, it just kept looking like Utah was getting all these line breaks. Yeah. Dallas would force a turnover and then they'd kick it back deep and force Utah to work. And I wonder if that took a toll on Utah's um, legs. Yeah, for sure. Their number 12, who plays for the Eagles, Lasike. Mm-hmm. Uh Lasike, he used to play fullback for the Chicago Bears for a minute. Um, he's the 12 for Utah. Dude, that dude's a tank. Yeah. He runs hard. <laughs> Uh, in the next match, yeah, go figure. Houston Sabercats 35, Nola Gold 14. I had Houston, you had Nola. Yeah, gave them the benefit of the doubt, but seems like they still have some things to kind of work out. And who's they? A- you keep using pronouns. Who are you talking about? Nola, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, they just, I don't know. There's a lot of new players, probably a lot of younger guys. So I don't know. It'll be. It's early, but where do you think Nola ranks? It's early, but I don't know, man. I, I, I don't even want to throw a number out there. I hear doubt in your voice. Are yeah. do you think they're in the bottom half? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, and I think Houston too. This is gonna be the year I think they make the playoffs. They look potential, yeah. They sure. look complete, man. They look good. They had a good draft class. They they really did, man. Oh, speaking of draft class, uh Dallas Jackals. Their number one pick, the number one pick overall, mm. scored a try. That's cool. Yeah. Hell so yeah. that was kind of something cool to see too, because you always kind of wonder, like, hey, what's what's gonna happen? Like with these draft picks, like when do we see them? Because yeah. sometimes the people sometimes get drafted and they don't even like they don't play or whatever, or um, usually get on some developmental side. And he plays wing for him because remember too, there was that. That run of wings. of wings, yeah, yeah, and so that was kind of cool to see see him do that. Was he? He was from Cal, wasn't he? Mm, I don't remember. Maybe I'll look that up again. Give that a goog. Give it a goog. UCLA. Okay, hold on. Oh, okay. Eric Napowski. He played for UCLA. Okay, yeah, yeah. Number one pick. So he's listed as a fullback, but he was playing wing in that game. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, Houston had a really good draft class as mm. well. Uh, the next one, New York Ironworkers, they beat yeah. Toronto 39 to 3. Beat the brakes off. Oh my goodness. So I was reading some stuff people were talking about on Twitter. Sounded like they had for Toronto two tight head props playing at the same time. Mm. So people were like, whoa. Or no, two loose head props were playing at the same time. Um, they, they are lacking depth is what everybody was saying on Twitter. And wow. you know, it's kind of scary if you're lacking depth in week two, two, that's not, yeah, that's not a good sign. It's a long season. You're going to be lacking depth what, 18 weeks. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So. And that's the thing. They have a great core, 
but it just sounds like their depth isn't there and, and people don't believe in them. And in New York, again, that's a yeah. championship caliber yeah. club, even though they lost last week to Seattle. They won last year, so yeah, thirty-nine to three. I mean, that's that's, a... that's one of the bigger beatdowns we've seen. Yeah, thirty-six point differential. I think that's the biggest so far this year. And yeah, we both had that, but I did I did not expect it to be that wide of yeah. a gap. And again, yeah, Toronto lacking depth. New York, they're still cooking. And in the last match at Snapdragon <sighs> Stadium, San Diego Legion defeats New England Free Jacks twenty-nine twelve. Yeah, that is. Sh- I'm honestly really surprised by that. I really thought that Free Jacks was an extremely safe pick. Uh, in the power rankings, according to Rugby Morning, oh, they, they were, were one, right? they were number one, and yeah. San Diego is number two. So, you know, obviously that's you know the algorithm. Yeah, and the the numbers they were crunching the numbers in the computer. Uh, you know, it lied to us. Whatever, of course. But I mean, still a good match. There were still some good things going on. Um, we were both wrong. We ended up, we didn't pick the same exact games, but we both ended up three and two on the yeah. week. Is that weird? <laughs> it is. But you know what? I'm, I'm happy though, that we both had winning records there. Yeah. I know. Cause that's better than, uh, our MLR, um, pickums league that we did. Yeah. That was usually pretty, uh, all over the place. Now here's what's interesting. If we look at the standings mm-hmm. in the West, Houston's 2-0, San Diego's 2-0, Seattle's 2-0, Utah 1-1, and then Chicago is 0-1, and the Dallas Jackals are 0-2. I think it's safe to say the Jackals are going to be near the bottom. The fact that there's three teams between Houston, San Diego, and Seattle, they look legit. Oh, yeah. Those could be your top three. Utah and Chicago are going to be fighting to get into that third spot, but again, I think Houston is much improved. San Diego's always been a team that's been sniffing around the playoffs in the playoffs. Seattle's been one of the best clubs except for last year. Yeah. Um, or two years ago. Yeah, and they're back yeah. into form. Oh, yeah, sorry, two yeah, years ago. Two years. Um, yeah, last year they were in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, but then in the East, only Old Glory is undefeated. They're 1-0. They had a bye just like Chicago. Mm. New York Ironworkers one and one, New England one and one, Rugby ATL one and one, Toronto and Nola both zero and two. I think Toronto and Nola are going to struggle because again, Nola just seems like they've they've lost their identity. Toronto lacks depth. Rugby ATL has a new logo. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty terrible. I really like the old logo better. Yeah, I don't, and also too. I know we're talking too much about logos. The fact that Old Glory and New England are both like New England and DC are pretty close together and they have the same exact colors, that bothers me. And they're both like Free Jacks, Old Glory, America. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, Utah and San Diego are like the same team. Old Glory and Free Jacks are the same team. Chicago and Rugby ATL have the same logo. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. It's, it is. <laughs> uh, but all kidding aside, we'll preview next week later. Uh, later in the week on Thursday, we'll preview that. We now have our Six Nations preview, or sorry, our Six Nations review. Ireland defeated Italy 34 20. As expected. <laughs> As expected, but still, I mean, Italy. A little closer than I was thinking, but yeah. still, though, I mean, I was expecting a few tries. England and Wales. England wins 20 to 10. Mm. I feel like we knew England was going to win. Again, didn't think it'd be that close. And the most surprising 
and I guess not surprising, but the fact that like this last match we knew was going to be very important. Mm-hmm. Well, France won. They yeah. defeated Scotland. I mean, they are the reigning champs from last year. So, I mean, they are a good team. Yeah. Final score, 32-21. France wins. Now, here's what's crazy. Six minutes into the game, Scotland got a red card. Ooh. And you're thinking, great. France is going to run away with it. France scored at the four-minute mark and then the seven-minute mark. So, scored at the four-minute mark. Red card for Scotland at the six-minute mark. France scores again at the seven-minute mark. But then France got a red card. So it was 14 on 14 for 70 minutes. Oh. <laughs> but then France scored again. France had three tries. And it looked like France was just going to run away with it. Yeah. Scotland then got a try. And then it was a little like Scotland kept trying to come back, kept trying to come back. But, yeah, France just kept the foot on them. Mm-hmm. And so now we have Ireland at the top of the table by themselves and then scotland england and france are all tied for second mm. we have ireland at three and oh we have scotland at two and one england at two and one france at two and one they all have 10 points but the point differential goes 23 for scotland 21 for england and three for france then italy mm. is oh and three with one point wales is oh and three with zero points so it really does look like Wales is going to be at the bottom of the table unless they can beat Italy. And then Ireland, I mean, they're in a great spot. Yeah. They're in a great spot. You got two more rounds, two more games. Yeah. Um, but Scotland, England, and France, all three of those teams are still in contention. They're all one game out. So really interesting to see yeah. what's going to happen. I mean, as the way it stands right now, it's going to come down to Ireland and Scotland, and that's near the end of the uh, whole tour that they're doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Be a good way to end it. And you know what we forgot to mention in our preview last week? World Rugby 7 Series was in L.A. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. The Iowa Hawkeye women, they went to L.A. They went 2-1, and one, and then their fourth match got lightninged out. I guess the weather there was terrible. Hmm. So, yeah, in L.A., real interesting stuff. Uh, New Zealand ended up getting, and this is for the men, for the World Series of Rugby. New Zealand got first, Argentina second, Fiji got third. That puts the world standings at New Zealand first, Argentina second, South Africa is third, Fiji fourth, Samoa fifth, Australia seventh, France, or Australia sixth, France is seventh, USA eighth. Damn. USA with 69 points. Hmm. I would say nice, but... Not New Zealand has 107. Nice. Yeah, I was just going to say. Uh, New Zealand with 107 points. They're running away with it. Yeah, really stepped up their sevens game. Shit. Argentina and South Africa are actually tied for second with 86. So, I mean, they're 21 points out. That's going to be hard to do because when you win a tournament, you get 22 points. Mm. For them to catch up, I mean, they would have to win a tournament in New Zealand, not place at all. Yeah. USA actually ended up getting three points out of the tournament. They beat Japan in a consolation game, I think for 13th place, it said. Okay. They they had some rough, rough matches. Um, I know they lost one to Samoa. They lost one to Spain. Just a rough, 
rough yeah. go on home soil. You always kind of wish they would really, do better yeah, at Yeah, you home. really hope they shell out for the home field advantage, but you know. They did it in Vegas a few years back. I remember we were yeah. at Cabaret and Ankeny and we watched it happen. Mm-hmm. It was very cool, but hard to do. I don't know. Kind of a bummer. The women, they did not play, but just an update. New Zealand is in first for the women's. Australia second. Tied with USA for second. And then France is fourth. Um, New Zealand has 78 points in the women's series. Australia and USA both have 66. So they're in in striking distance. It'll be tough. But um, also, if you look at the women's side, New New Zealand, Australia, and USA – have been the top three every single time, mm-hmm. except for one time France was second and Australia was fifth. Hmm. And then other than that, New Zealand, Australia, USA have been in the top three every time hmm. New Zealand win four or winning three of the four. Wow. Yikes. That's going to be hard to catch up. I know. So yeah, that was our review of basically all things rugby, Aquinas, American Raptors, major league rugby, six nations, World Series of Sevens. There is so much rugby going on right now. It's mm-hmm. extremely awesome to see like everything that's happening. We we have so much going on, and that's we don't even have the high school league started. I was gonna yet. say local stuff hasn't even really begun yet. Even so, wombats haven't even started practice. I know. There's so much rugby. So it's, it's coming though. It's coming. Yeah, it is. So watch rugby on TV. Um, yeah, today is Monday. We have a special surprise bonus episode this week, yeah. and we'll probably release that on Tuesday, tomorrow, and then we have another episode on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That Thursday episode, we'll preview the weekend, and then, yeah, yeah. I kind of like this. Review on Monday, preview Thursday. Yeah, I like the setup. It's good. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, I, I feel like Major League Rugby, I know there was so much drama with the Guiltinis and Gilgronis last year. Um, I don't know. I feel like things are more fun this year. Like, mm. I feel more invested. I've watched more I, MLR. It definitely feels like anything can happen too. Because like prior to that, it just kind of seemed like okay, like Giltinis or Gilgronis are gonna create like this monopoly and MLR mm-hmm. rugby, and it's probably gonna be between these two teams every year. And then also all this shit happened, and it's like, well, now it just feels like it's anybody's game, right? Yeah, because all those players got dispersed. Yeah, and. My big thing is, too, I'll be really interested. I hope by the time we record Thursday's episode, Chicago releases their lineup because those Giltinis and Gilgronis who are on visas who couldn't play in week one because their visas mm. needed updating, um, that's going to be, be ready huge. To go. Yeah. That, that would be cool. I don't know if they'll be ready to go, but no, there's just there's a lot of cool stuff going on right now as a fan. Yeah. But as a player, we're not there yet. As a high school coach, we're getting there. Couple um, more weeks. Yeah, get out in your community. Keep growing the game, Phil. Yeah. You gonna watch Last of Us tonight? Maybe. Nice. Mm. Are you? No, I'll probably watch it <laughs> Monday night tonight. If that makes sense, it does. You know, time travel. Mm. How you feeling? Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Fresh, 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 fresh.